we're going to continue with recruiting, and we've, like I said at the top of this podcast, we've got a ton of recruiting news to to jump out here with. But um, I do think it's important to know because sometimes we, this is probably going to blow your mind, Rich. But sometimes we get some negative feedback for things that we say, and it's just if you're doing the podcast for as long as we've been doing it, you're clearly not going to make everybody happy. And one of the things that we've talked about recently that has got some feedback through Facebook and so forth with us is this idea that if you can't have football and you can't pay the bills, then what it's going to do is it's going to eliminate some of your sports programs. Now, last week when we were talking about this very topic, you said you had already read about some programs shutting down some sports. And then today, the University of Akron, and again, and we said that to start with the smaller schools, University of Akron announced that they're going to eliminate men's golf, cross country, and women's tennis. And, and all I'm saying is, the longer that you are without sports and sports revenue, the more of an impact it's going to have overall on your athletic department. Because here's what's happening. People give their money to sports when sports are happening. So you have a great spring, you bring in some new prospects, you got some recruits on the sidelines and you say to all of your donors, here's the possibilities. And they get out the checks and they write them. But when you don't get to have spring and you don't get to bring out the new recruits, you don't get to show the prospects the donors are looking at the stock market. They're looking at the cost of a barrel of oil. And those those checkbooks are closing instead of writing fat checks to athletic departments. And when you get like the small schools, and we've, we've, I mean, we've talked extensively about Boise State. And here you are, these, these you know, from the MAC conference, Akron, having to cut programs. They said that this is going to estimated uh, cuts are going to save them about $4.4 million. Now, that's at a small school. Imagine that budget at a bigger school like the University of Oklahoma. You, I mean, if you, if you cut men's golf, cross country, and women's tennis, you're going to be saving a whole lot more than $4.4 million. So we got to have sports. I mean, we got to have it. It's, it's got it's got to happen at some point or we're going to because the football programs will be the last programs to be cut. But at what point think about the damage here. At what point does Akron get these sports back? I mean, it's, it's a legitimate question. You got all these athletes who are on scholarship who have just been told, sorry, you can't come back here into this scholarship. Now you got to go and you got to transfer somewhere. But at what point does that get to come back to the University of Akron? And it says uh, across the board with these universities, it's not like when you start football in the fall, you get to have women's tennis back. Okay, that's my that's I mean I I, I don't and I don't have a I don't have an agenda here. I don't have a I don't have a like just a basis of what I'm saying. I'm just pointing out what the what the obvious issue is is that there's got to be a way to figure out how to get this revenue stream going again. And get get sports back at these universities, so people don't lose their scholarships and people don't lose their jobs. That that's that's the point. That that's I'm I'm done. Okay, let's go back to um. You, I don't know if you want to say anything about it or not, nope. Rich. But um, all right, let's go back to recruiting because this week also some news. Um, 
a kid that I'm, I am, the more I see of this kid, Rich, the, the more I'm just like, and I even spent on social media, uh, I think uh, on, on Wednesday, I was like, I really, really want this kid to come to the University of Oklahoma. Nathan Rawlings, uh, Kabong, and I don't even know if I said his last name right. It's hyphenated. This dude is a monster. And when I say monster, I mean exactly what I'm saying. Dude is I mean, a freak. When you, when you talk about athleticism, we, we talk about, you know, we, we just talk about Clayton Smith being a multi-sports star. This kid, Nathan Rawlings, Kabong, he, he could be legitimately be a top tier basketball prospect and go and play and have a great collegiate basketball career. That's how good he is. He has only played college football for one uh, high school football. Sorry. He's only played high school football for one season and he's a four-star recruit after just one season. Mm -hmm. The dude is a freak of nature. When you watch his speed, you watch his athleticism, you see his, his height and he has, again, place it out there. Here's my, here, here's my, uh, I've narrowed my list down and it's pretty much the PAC 12 and the university of Miami and Oklahoma, but more specifically Cal South Carolina, uh, USC, Washington state, Washington, Arizona state and Colorado. My understanding as I do some research on this kid is that his choice is really coming down between Oklahoma and Arizona state where others are saying Oklahoma and Miami. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm I'm going to stick with what I've got between Oklahoma and Arizona State, and we'll just kind of see where it plays out from there. But suddenly, just like Clayton Smith, now he's not a hundred percent like other like you know, Clayton Smith is as far as those those crystal ball predictions. But you're seeing him start to trend upwards with the University of Oklahoma. He's got great size. He's six four, you know, and and, and he's a defensive end. And again. What do all these guys have in common that Alex Grinch is going after? Oh, yeah, that's speed. And dude's fast. I do have one major concern. Here's what we're going to begin to call him, okay? NRK. That way I can get you out of saying the last name. We'll be safe. But my major concern here is is you've already mentioned it and ever so slightly thrown out this the idea of basketball as well. I know leading up to basically the shutdown of all sports, all athletics across the country, there was this idea that he would play basketball as well as football at a university. Now, you know that NRK has already committed to play basketball at Washington State. It's why it's he, they're one of the finalists in his list. Initially, I think there was some hope that some other schools may get involved and some other schools may be open to the idea of playing basketball as well as football. I don't know that that's gone as planned, but at the same time, I look at a guy who's a raw talent on the football field, but more polished on the basketball court. When you begin to look at the prospects, I get that more players are taken in an NFL draft than are taken in an NBA draft, but the money... There's money in both of those. This kid does have options. It's throwing a wrench into the equation. I think he will be one of the, if he commits in the summer, it'll be at the end of the summer. I don't think a decision's coming anytime soon from him. I see what you're saying about Arizona State. I've seen the, what you're saying about Oklahoma, but I'm not going to rule out 
Washington State at this point. Granted, did did he decommit from ba- their basketball program? I have no idea. I'm just saying. I'm, I I I. I didn't even know he was committed basketball. Yeah. I, I've only been following the kid as a football recruit, but I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you, if Washington State was still in the mix with him, then he wouldn't be trending between Oklahoma and Arizona State. This he would is be true. trending between Oklahoma and Washington State. This is true. I, I'm just saying, I don't. you were giving out percentages on how confident you were. This is a name that I am kind of going to pump the brakes on at this point in time. I believe he's he's Pac-12 bound. No, nah, I, I I mean we'll see we'll see. I mean, again I don't uh, if we're still going confidence level I'm way behind Clayton Smith with his kid. But what I am saying is that Oklahoma's making ground with him, and I think football he played one season of high school football and absolutely 100% fell in love with it. And if he can go after one season to be a four-star recruit for just one season, if he commits to football as a that's the sport I want to pursue then the dude's going to be a monster on on this on this next level. And why is it out of the question that he could play college basketball at the University of Oklahoma? You're telling me Lon Kruger's not going to send Lincoln Riley a text and say, hey, can I come over and talk to this kid for a little bit? No, I definitely think that would happen. And I mean, if they let guys play baseball, why are they going to let him play basketball? The problem, Matt, that you're creeping into is basketball is a winter sport, meaning that its season overlaps with the football season. Okay, it's been done before, though. It has been. Not recently. Okay, but I'm just saying it's not it's not like it's impossible is all I'm saying. It's, it's not impossible. I think it's improbable, highly improbable at this point in time. But wherever he lands, if he's a football commit, wherever He'll he be a lands, commit. The, the basketball coach is going to be in his ear. Oh, for and sure. And they are going to have conversations just to see if that works out. Football is going to pay the bill. They're going to pay for the scholarship. But basketball wants to utilize the talent. That's a given. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, so um, our our man. Um, sorry, I lost my notes here. Kendall Daniels also puts his uh, his mark out there as far as as who's he's looking at, and and I haven't wavered on Kendall Daniels one bit. I, I think Kendall Daniels coming to the University of Oklahoma, and I don't think I mean he he put out his top four, and I don't there there's nothing on that top four that I say. Okay, they're going to chase him away, but it's it's a good top four. I mean, it's a very respectable top four in Clemson, LSU, Texas A&M, and the University of Oklahoma. This kid is the number two um, prospect in the state of Oklahoma. Oklahoma's already got the number one prospect in Ethan Downs. I I mean, look, I, again, Clemson and LSU particularly are th- those are some great landing spots. But it's not enough to sway me away from what I've already been told about this kid and what his family has. That they he wants to be a sooner, and now that he's down to four, I don't think it'll be much longer before he goes to just make his decision to go ahead and commit. Right, I, I think he will be part of the initial wave for the hashtag link up twenty one. 
Kendall Daniels, obviously Oklahoma, and people have said this for years, Matt, Oklahoma needs to do a better job of recruiting the in-state recruits and keeping them in-state. Now, we've seen a couple of high-profile names get out of state, but Oklahoma has certainly done a better job here very recently. You've mentioned the number one recruit in the state of Oklahoma committing to the University of Oklahoma, potentially the number two. I think they've got the, the number three in in line to commit as well if he hasn't already committed i have to go and look at that again as well as for that name but needless to say i think oklahoma's done a a better job but it also helps when a guy like daniels is the prototype for what you're looking for on the back end of this defense Mm. a rangy we've labeled him as a lengthy and rangy guy who has that ability to to close distance when needed That's exactly, in my opinion, what Alex Grinch has been looking for and will continue to recruit. Just so happens that you get an in-state kid who fits the bill and Oklahoma being so close has really been, correct me if I'm wrong here, has really been that university that they as a family have followed. Right, absolutely. That's, That's one of the things that I've been told about his family is they're all Oklahoma fans. And that doesn't mean that he's going to come just because your family is a, right. is a fan of that program, but it, it certainly sure, doesn't hurt. It, exactly. What I was about to say it doesn't, it doesn't hurt the situation. Hey, let, let's run through this. Marcus Burris is the next guy uh, on this list. And this is kind of more recently breaking Wednesday. I got an information about uh, Marcus Burris. He's, he's a defensive end, 6'4", 262 pounds out of Texarkana, Texas. And I want to retract what I was saying. It's way too late now about uh, Clayton Smith. I was getting Clayton Smith and Burris confused, whereas Burris really is down between Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas A&M. That's where I was getting confused saying that you. with Clayton Smith. But – I mean, this as of as of as, almost as of Wednesday, which would be the 13th of May. Again, you see a, a massive swing in his recruiting momentum towards the University of Oklahoma. Calvin Thibodeau has been recruiting this guy and doing a fantastic job with him, and and it's everything we've talked about. Every other kid um, that's on this defensive side of the ball, he's big and he's fast. And he's one of the top recruits. He's a top 13 composite for the state of Texas, according to the uh, 24-7 sports. Also a composite, a number, the number six defensive end prospect in this entire class of 2021. This is a kid that we, we've talked about, you know, the frustration with Oklahoma, the way it currently stands with their recruiting class. And we've talked about that dam bursting open. And and last week, I mean, last week, the, the main theme of this podcast was, hey, the wait is almost over. You're going to start seeing these kids ahead of Caleb Williams make that announcement. By the way, I think you might disagree with me on that a little bit. I don't remember. But um, but it's happening as, as soon as tomorrow, as soon as Friday the 15th. And Burris, I don't think he's behind. He's far behind this wave either. And right now, the the hottest school that is connected with him is the University of Oklahoma. So this is if you're keeping tally marks on on what we're talking about as far as which side of the ball, Mario Williams is the only player we've talked about so far in this podcast that's a offensive player. Everyone else is on the defensive side of the ball, and you you just got to look and see. You know, Alex Grinch is working his tail off going after these defensive guys. And it's not just that he's getting a chance to visit with them. He's actually bending their ear and making a difference 
And that's why you're seeing guys like Burris, guys like Smith, you're seeing them change their projections towards the University of Oklahoma. Whereas, again, I'm pretty confident in the information that that I've got on Burris. I, I called you because I wasn't in a place last uh, last night to where I could write anything on him. So I kind of called you and gave you the information and, and you wrote a pretty good article for Heartland Sports. But I, I've got a lot of confidence the way this stands right now that this kid's going to be a Sooner. Okay. You don't? I don't have any information. If that's what you're asking. Well, you asking wrote the me. article. You got something. Right. Well, I went, off, I went off of what you said. Here, Here's what happened. This was the timeline that I was looking at in an attempt to verify what you were telling me was I hopped on Google, as one does when they're searching for information, and I immediately headed over to any of the predictions, any of the sites that make predictions. And it was funny because here we sit. I know it's not May 13th, but when I'm writing the article on May 13th, Five different an analysts use their prediction to say it was Oklahoma. Needless to say, it's almost like I've got good information, it, huh? It's it's a pretty telling sign when it's not just one, it's it's not two, but it's all five begin to predict the exact same thing. Okay, so one guy that we haven't talked about yet is Caleb Williams, and it's crazy that we're you know we're a half an hour into this podcast and we're just now talking about Caleb Williams, but there's not a lot of information out here. I, but I wanted to ask you one thing about him because in his latest um, post for sports illustrated, he says that Garrett Nussmeyer going to LSU doesn't make a difference to him. And then we said last week, and, and I do believe that you believe that you, I, you, I believe what he's saying that that's, that's not going to be when it comes to consideration of LSU for Caleb Williams, the Nussmeyer commitment should have nothing to do with his commitment. Okay. Here's what he says. He says, I haven't wavered. The best place for me is the best place for me, no matter who is there. That's what you're saying. It hasn't really bothered me that Garrett committed to LSU. They're still in the running. My top three is my top three, Oklahoma, LSU, and Maryland. They're the schools I'm deciding from. For the guys committed to those places, I'm happy for them. It's a great opportunity. Competition is what makes football so great. Football wouldn't be football without competition. You need to you need that to make you better. You I need it to make me better. I love competing. I have this competitive spirit in me, and I just want I just don't want to lose. That's why I'm recruiting all these best players to come with me. Come to the college that I'm going so that we can compete at a high level and go and win big. Here's why Nussmeyer doesn't matter to Caleb Williams. Because he's not going to LSU. It doesn't matter to him. If Nussmeyer committed, <laughs> I'm telling you, and in Oklahoma wasn't. I, I'm not saying you're wrong now. Oklahoma wasn't recruiting, but if Nussmeyer committed to the University of Oklahoma, that would matter to Caleb Williams. Here's the thing, though, is when you begin to look at what you can bring in talent-wise, there was quite a bit of talent at the University of Oklahoma when guess who arrived? That's right, Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. I, I feel as though there's this competitive nature within these top recruits, these five-star quarterbacks who show a certain level of athleticism, which, by the way, fits the bill for Caleb Williams, who says, look, it, it doesn't matter where I go. I, I have confidence in my abilities. I have confidence in myself that I can compete and win that starting job. Whether that's Nussmeyer or whoever else is on the roster, I, I think Caleb Williams is looking at the, the, the talent, the competition, and saying, LSU could, and I use that term 
because I believe Caleb Williams is Oklahoma bound. But Caleb Williams could still consider LSU simply because, like I said, he's not afraid of the competition and he knows this one truth is that competition only makes you better. And that's what he said. Or it sends and, you to the and, transfer portal. And I you know. exactly because listen, if Nussmeyer and Caleb Williams both went to LSU, they would not both finish their careers at I, LSU. That's correct. There's going to be a competition. One of them is going to win. One of them is going to lose, and the one that loses is going to transfer out. And that's the world we live in today in college football. But one year, I mean, one year, Matt can change everything. It can, but I'm telling you, it's it's not it's not. You mentioned Kyler Murray, and you're right. Baker Mayfield was on this roster when Kyler Murray transferred, but you got to look at how it stacks. Kyler Murray transferred and he couldn't play and he knew he couldn't play. So he was going to have to sit behind Baker anyway. So it's that I don't, I don't think that argument really plays in as much because he knew now Baker Mayfield's a different story. Baker Mayfield comes to the university of Oklahoma on the heels of Trevor Knight, Trevor Knight's, Potentially greatest performance of his life. Exactly. And Trevor Knight was so young. Baker Mayfield comes in going, okay, I, I, I can't play this year, but I'm pretty sure I can yeah, beat this and, kid and, out. And the That's thing, a better the example. Thing is, no, no, no. It's a little bit different with Baker Mayfield. And here's why is Baker Mayfield was a walk-on. He no, wasn't a five-star I'm, quarterback I'm talking about who the, every single program the, in the nation wanted. The level of competition is what I'm saying. I get you and, there. But Caleb Williams doesn't care about Nussmeyer. Because he's not going to LSU. That's 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 what I'm trying to say. And like I said, I do agree with that. But I'm not saying that LSU is quote unquote. And yes, I'm using air quotes out of the running. Yes, they are. They're just not the lead dog in this race. They're not. There there is no race. And and again, you know me, Rich. We've been doing this podcast for a long time, and I have been saying this for a long time that there it's that it's done. It's it's he's committed to the University of Oklahoma, but he's got to finish out his obligation with the Sports Illustrated blog. This will be the biggest upset that Oklahoma fans have encountered in recruiting in a very, very, very long time if Caleb Williams ends up somewhere other than the University of Oklahoma. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say this. If Caleb Williams doesn't end up at the University of Oklahoma, it will set Oklahoma football recruiting back. That's how big of a deal it'll be if he doesn't come. You're just you're speechless now. You got you got nothing else. No, no. All you know, um, you and I, when we look at this this Caleb Williams situation, I think we're approaching it from the same angle. That at this point, after you you lose your initial quarterback commit, all of a sudden Oklahoma has put all all of their eggs in one basket. And it's, it's largely dependent on what Caleb Williams decides in the end. So I'm, I'm with you because if this wave of recruits does not come in, absolutely. That's going to set Oklahoma back. I'm not saying it'll be the demise of Lincoln Riley because the NFL is always there knocking on his door. <laughs> but the truth is that it would set Oklahoma back. There's nothing for me to disagree. disagree yeah, with and, you on. Right. I'm not saying they would get Lincoln Riley fired. I'm just saying, <laughs> Where you've had no, no, no. I'm just saying if things went south, you've had continual momentum with recruiting since Lincoln Riley came in. Mm -hmm. That would be gone if Caleb Williams doesn't. Right. I mean, you because then you're scrambling. But but I'm saying that all of a sudden the allure of the NFL and that paycheck. Yeah, I I still don't. I still don't think that's there. I don't think that's Riley's bag. Hey, how much did uh, did Nick Saban play in in Jalen Hurts coming to the University of Oklahoma? How does Jalen Hurts fit in? 
as an NFL quarterback. And what's up with Mark Jackson? Where's he going? 